Welcome back, my fellow creatives, to Story Cuppings, where we take a sip of a tale and see if its flavors fit the tastes of our fellow picky readers and working writers. See if that first chapter is what strikes our fancy. I am excited uh, this Private Eye July to dive into a Wisconsin-based mystery. I'm really excited. So we have, we, this one has no fantasy flair. This is straight up hard-boiled detective cozy mystery thing. And it's the first book of a series by Patricia Skalka. And I am especially excited because I've been to where this mystery is situated. So <laughs> the Wisconsinite in me is going, oh my, this is so exciting. Um, especially because there are such odd, offbeat, unique places in Wisconsin. And, and something that uh, has always... Uh, has always st struck me to the heart as far as writing in Wisconsin goes. It, it, it's something I read long ago that was a Sherlock Holmes story. And I am trying to remember specifically which one it was. It might have been Copper Beaches. But it's one of those mysteries where Holmes and Watson have to take a train out into the country. And Holmes is looking upon the houses out there, and he says, tells Watson that he finds the countryside to be far more ominous, far more dangerous than the city, because the countryside is so spread out. There are so many more places to hide. I mean, it's all said much more eloquently in the book, in the story, I mean. Um, but the rural setting is so often more ominous, more eerie than the urban setting. And that struck me as a child when I read it because I was living out in the middle of the country at the time. And it just, it holds true to me, which is why my own writing, I like to set stories out in the rural Wisconsin area because so much can hide there. I mean, heavens, just do a Google search of Ed Gein. I mean, that town where the inspiration for so many horror and and uh, suspense tropes uh, that that was in a town that took place in a town of about what is it, three hundred people in Wisconsin? <laughs> Yay, Wisconsin! So that Patricia Skul Patricia Skulka uh, wrote. Set, you know, set her series in Door County, which she describes in the first chapter. So I will save describing Door County for the actual narrator sh to share with us. Uh, it was very exciting because there are so many unique places in Wisconsin to set stories. I mean, even Neil Gaiman, who lived in Wisconsin for a number of years, I mean, one of the settings he used in American Gods is unique to Wisconsin to the point where people didn't believe it actually existed. And they actually had to show the cast and crew when they filmed there because it's like, it's actually even crazier than I described. So anyway, I'll have links to that in the episode description. Let's dive into, though, this cozy of a mystery. 
uh, where we have a detective who has to solve a crime in a very rural, but also touristy part of Wisconsin, Death Stalks Door County. And I do like that in her author note, she did say Door County is real, <laughs> which is, I think that's something that a lot of us, well, I'll take Midsummer Murders as an example. Um, Midsummer is, you know, it's fictional, but the rural English countryside, a lot of the tropes, the, the um, unique elements uh, that Caroline put to use in her stories, that's based in reality. And uh, Patricia Skulka notes that she did alter some details and added others to fit the story, but the spirit of this majestic place remains unchanged. And for the record, I always recommend people visit Door County, for it is beautiful. Though our narrator isn't quite so sure, our protagonist, I should say. Week one, Sunday. He ran in the early morning, floating like a specter amid the tall, wet pines of the Wisconsin forest. His thick hair curled from the mist. His lungs burned. His breath stank of beer and cigarettes. At the road, he stopped and swiped his glass and swiped his glasses on his baggy sweatshirt. Late June and the damp, cold spring had yet to give way to summer. Three months earlier, Dave Kubiak had left Chicago, steering a small rental car north along the Lake Michigan shore, across the Illinois state line, and up 200 miles to the Door County Peninsula. He was 42, a former cop undone by the deaths of his wife and daughter, who had been killed in an accident he believed he could have prevented. The move was supposed to be a fresh start. Instead, it was a mistake. Grief-stricken, guilt-ridden, and often drunk, Kubiak felt like a blot on the tourist landscape, a reclusive misfit among the friendly locals, people who waved even to strangers. He had committed to staying one year and had nine months to go, the time it took to grow a baby, to figure out what next. I'm going to pause here. That's our first page. Now, this is a big shift for me as a reader because it has been a long time since I've read a straight up cozy. So on the offset, I'm like, oh, this is a lot of exposition right away. But then again, a lot of cozy mysteries. Well, I mean, heck, just look at Agatha Christie. Uh, I mean, there's always a basis for what's going on and a little bit of background about who this character is right away. And it's the background we're getting on Dave Kubiak. It lasts for all of like, what is it? Half a dozen sentences here. So it is not long. Now, if this continues, hmm. But the first page, it's giving us a lot of groundwork. It's giving us a sense of who we are looking at as far as our primary character. And we're already understanding a sense of his motivation and um, purpose for presence in the setting. So we've got a lot accomplished in this first page. Let's see if we get back to some action on page on the next page. Kubiak adjusted his glasses and bent over, his hands on his knees. For a moment, he thought of his mother and felt ashamed. He had failed her. He had failed everyone. 
A sharp wail shattered the stillness, and through old habit, Kubiak straightened, trying to pinpoint the source. A seagull wheeling over the bay? In his new job as park ranger, he'd sometimes watched the plump birds dive-bombing the water, full of avian bravado. Perhaps the sound had been made by a red fox on the prowl, or the wind. Silence again. The forest gave away nothing. Which I want to say is true, because the north woods of Wisconsin can be are very dense. Sound is... Yes, <laughs> the, the silence really can be oppressive up there. He studied the dirt path on the other side of the blacktop. The trail was the quickest route to Jensen Station, where the Peninsula State Park Rangers lived and worked, but he was in no hurry to return to his temporary home. The longer he stayed out, the longer he could avoid his querulous boss, Otto Johnson, park superintendent. Kubiak opted for the road. Turning left, he plodded through a series of gentle curves. Halfway around the final bend, he stopped. Twenty feet ahead, a bleached red pickup idled alongside the pavement. The ranger squeezed his eyes shut. Too late. He'd taken in everything. The truck with the dented door gaped open. Otto Johnson slumped against a corner of Falcon Tower, and a body, a body, sprawled at the park super's feet. Male, average height, slim, youthful build, dark hair, jeans, shiny black jacket. As a homicide detective, Kubiak had been exalted for his ability to absorb the details of a crime scene and to play them back with excruciating clarity. Although his photographic memory failed with the printed page, it performed with camera-like accuracy in the places where people did their dirty deeds, including the segment of pavement half a block from his house, where the battered bodies of his wife and daughter had sprawled in twin pools of blood. Kubiak forced his eyes open. Fuck, he said. Johnson started and pushed away from the tower. Rain, or was it tears, glistened on his weathered face. Looks like some kid took a nosedive off the top. The park super stuck out his chin as if challenging his new assistant to disagree. Kubiak said nothing. He's cold. I can't find a pulse, Johnson went on. You want to check? No. Damp with sweat, Kubiak shuddered. He didn't need to look any closer. The odd twist to the victim's neck told him enough. Maybe you should. Kubiak shook his head. He hadn't been near a dead body in nearly two years, not since his family had been killed. Have you called the sheriff? Can't. Radio's busted. You'll have to get him from the station. I'm going to skip a little bit ahead here, but after, what is this now? Within two and a half pages, we do get a lot packed in, both exposition and action, which is very important in mysteries like this, because we don't want to spend... I, I've read... Oh, which P.D. James book was that? Might have been The Murder Room. And I remember at one point yelling at the book, get on with it, because there was so much time spent on... Here's this character, here's this character, here's this character. And again, it's P.D. James. That's that's P.D. James's choice. Awesome. Understood. But taking a while before we actually get to a mystery type thing. 
here, yeah, we use the first page to establish our protagonist, establish where we are. And second page, we have a dead body. Okay, so we have something happening. So this is, and, and plus we also have a little bit of conflict between our protagonist and the person who is over him, who's superior. Now in this case, our protagonist, while he was a cop, is not a cop now. So you already have that, well, he was law enforcement, but he's not part of law enforcement now. So he's a bit of an outsider in multiple ways, not just because of he being from Chicago, but also a former police officer who is not bonded with the current law force. And he's also in conflict with his superintendent of the park rangers who as we learn over the next two pages is not really fond of him and tries to not give him any sort of work to do because he feels very possessive of the territory now i want to jump ahead just a little bit um, because first of all, I do like trying to keep these podcasts with uh, around the 20 minutes. Um, and I want to share how Skulka describes Dork County and then the twist we get within the first 10 pages. So we are not out of the first chapter yet. It's at the ending of um, a vignette, a scene within the first chapter that we get a twist that helps us really, really spark the mystery for spark it forward. One of the mixed metaphor here, but <laughs> to help propel the mystery forward. So first we're going to move just up a couple pages to, you know, one of the reasons why Kubiak is in Door County. It's because he's been here before. At the emergency services department, a woman with a scratchy voice told Kubiak that both Sister Bay ambulances were out, but that she'd send one up from Sturgeon Bay. Fine, no hurry. Kubiak dropped the receiver into the cradle and stared out the window at a stand of white pines. The trees took him back to his first dip visit to Door County. He'd been a scrawny 10-year-old city kid, a charity case Boy Scout, stunned by the immensity of the forest. Set free in a world of woods and water, the young Kubiak had imagined himself in paradise. Later, as an adult, after he'd lost everything, it was those childhood memories, as much as the urging of his former police partner, that drew him back again. He hadn't expected to find death among the trees. He hadn't anticipated the condo communities and full-service resorts that had spread like a rash on the land. Even the scout camp had been sold to developers who tore down the heavy canvas tents and erected three-story townhouses in their place. This, I'll, I'll just pause here so I can move to another setting moment, but this is all very true, which it does make Door County one of those beautiful places and also tragic at the same time for the amount of pushing commercialism and uh, business just kind of takes over the nature and, and the beauty. Wisconsin Dells is a lot like that too. If you ever see something about America's largest water park, 
blah blah blah. Wisconsin Dells has beautiful bluffs. It's a it's a gorgeous, unique area of rivers carving out these unique structures in the rock, but it's also all built up with goofy um resorty things and tourist trappy things and it's sometimes it's hard to see the nature past the business which i think is a bit of a tragedy in places like this so let me move to another setting uh, description just to again get a feel of where we are from Jensen Station, Kubiak took the long way back, following the route that carried him past the nature center and the meadow where wild lady slippers had erupted in bright yellow earlier that spring, past the lowland marsh favored by deer and the grove of quaking aspen near the entrance to Turtle Bay Campground. He noticed none of it, and was aware only of the hum of the tires on the pitted roadway and the need to keep his eyes from shuddering, even for a second. Door County was a spur of land that jutted at a northeast angle between Lake Michigan and Green Bay. If the state was like a mitten, the peninsula was the thumb and the state park a swollen knuckle <laughs> that bulged out into the turbulent cold waters of the bay. Like much of Door County, the nearly 4,000 acre park sat atop the Niagara Cuesta, a horseshoe shaped bluff that originated in upper New York state where it gave rise to the famous falls. Extending west from there, it skimmed the upper rim of the Great Lakes Basin and then arched downward into Wisconsin on a ridge of cliffs that in some spots reached heights of 150 feet. Along the highest rise, Kubiak pulled into a scenic overlook, lit a cigarette, and stared out at the mist-shrouded water. The dead man may have lived nearby in the direction of his gaze, even. Was he a frequent tourist or a first-time visitor? Somewhere out there, his family was going about its usual business reading the morning paper, reaching for another donut to enjoy with a second cup of coffee. Kubiak imagined them getting the call. Their initial response would be stunned and protesting. No, there must be a mistake. Dull acceptance would come slowly and in its own time seeping into their collective consciousness. Like him, they would spend the rest of their lives wishing they could undo the day's events, wishing they were God. I like how Skulka shifts us into some setting details and back to the character, into some setting details and back to the character. It's a very fine balance while also keeping our, the readers, we as readers, aware of where we are, but also constantly in tune with the mental state of our protagonist as well as keeping up with the details of the plot so there is a lot that was packed into those three paragraphs that helps propel the story forward while also giving us more context of the world around us one more snippet um this is yeah this is within 10 pages yeah so i think it's eight pages in here i want to share this little moment of dialogue of plot that helps truly spark what's happening here um let's see here they're they're identifying the body so kubiak is being asked if he had heard or seen anything so let's see the 
sheriff's name is Halverson. Halverson calls question. You found him making your rounds. So you were out first this morning? No, he was. The park superintendent pointed at Kubiak. The sheriff whirled around. What were you doing out here so early? I run. Oh, see anything? No. Hear anything? A sound. He didn't want to talk about the seagulls. Someone's singing, maybe. Singing? Kubiak looked past the sheriff into the trees. What kind are they? He knew so, lo so little about the forest. It could have been a boat radio or the wind, he said. Right, sound travels far out here. Halverson hiked up his pants. <laughs> sorry, I just, it's like I see so many older. <laughs> okay, anyway, sorry, that was a very Wisconsin thing to do. Well, looks like a sure case of suicide to me. Or an accident. Wet wood can be treacherous, Bathard said. Um, oh, sorry. Kubiak waited for one of them to suggest homicide, but neither did, and he wondered if murder was considered too unseemly for Door County. Halverson brandished the victim's wallet in the air. Anybody know this guy? His name's Wisby. Lawrence Wisby. He's from Illinois. The sheriff pronounced it Illinois. <laughs> oh, Illinois. Okay. Despite the damp cold, a layer of sweat crystallized on Kubiak's neck. Nausea roiled his gut. He imagined the others watching him, but when he looked, the coroner was again kneeling next to the body, and the sheriff was grilling Johnson for details of the gruesome discovery. Church bells pealed, drowning out what they were saying. The bright blaze of noise ricocheted through the trees, prompting the four men to stare in the direction of Ephraim. It's another town. It was Sunday and clear. Clear from their shared look of surprise that each of them had forgotten. The clarion sound persisted for several minutes and then diminished in low, measured steps. In the uneasy lull, Kubiak spoke. I recognize the name. Wisby. Lawrence Wisby. He swallowed hard, and when he went on, the words came fast, as if they were toxic and had to be spat out quickly. His brother killed my wife and daughter. And that's where I'll stop reading. I'm intrigued. I want to know how this connection can happen. I want to see how this relates. And while some may think, oh, that's just how we get the outsider back in. I think it's also important just to note that Wisconsin, and it's something that I noticed Skulka alludes to on another page in the first chapter, a lot of folks from Chicago, including gangsters back in the day, would often take off for Wisconsin for hideouts. I mean, um, whether it's Derringer, whether it was Compone, uh, there's the, the forest was a hiding place for the criminal and the wealthy of Chicago. Um, that's why there's so many unique housing structures in towns that don't like look like they necessarily support that kind of living in Wisconsin, um, all the way even further up north in Door County. And so 
a connection between Chicago and some, you know, random tiny place in Wisconsin is not that far gone. And so I'm intrigued to see where Skalka is going to take this. And I have, I have missed reading just a cozy. Uh, as much as I love fantasy, I love writing it. It is nice to take a break from the fantastical and get into something down to my earth once in a while. And you might have a lot of fun reading this too, especially if you enjoy the rural setting for mysterious goings on. And so I'm going to highly recommend this. And I'm also excited to say I got a chance to work on an interview with Patricia Skalka, and I will make sure I include that link once the interview is published. It's going to be coming in the next couple of months, so be on the lookout for that on GeneLeesWorld.com. So until that, until next time, uh, read on, share on, and write on, my friends. Cheers. <laughs>